Hey everyone, this is True Crime at Lunchtime, hosted by Lindsay and Kayla. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kayla. And we're work besties who love true crime. And this is a true crime podcast providing shorter episodes that you can enjoy on your lunch break. All right. So in honor of Halloween coming up, we wanted to just dig into some ghost talk, paranormal activity, Halloween movies, all things spooky. So my domain. Yeah, this is right up Kayla's alley. So she's going to be leading the next two episodes. It's a two-parter And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But to get things started, we just wanted to talk about some scary stories, like ghost stories. Kayla, have you had any paranormal encounters? No. I wish I did. So I have. So I moved in to a new home when I was in the fourth grade. So I was 10. And... The neighborhood that we lived in was an old coal mining camp and all of the homes were like split level. Okay. So, um, they all shared like the common areas and then there was two sets of stairs in most of the homes. One set led to, you know, bedrooms and then the other side led to bedrooms. So when they made these you know, homes for people to buy, um, you know, more modern, they opened up. So it was, you know, all one home, but my, my house did have two sets of stairs. So it's just like a little fun fact. So we had moved in and it was the beginning of the school year. And, um, every night for about a month, I kept having the same dream. And I had this dream that, um, let me, let me set the picture up first so you can kind of understand what I'm, I'm talking about. But, um, my porch was like higher up. Um, and the bottom was open. So it was like a wooden porch. It's like higher off the ground, like a tall man, it would be over his head. Like, that's just in, in location of where the porch was. So I kept having this dream that this older man with white hair, um, he was dressed in a flannel shirt and jeans and he was carrying a pail, like a lunch pail. He would come to my house and he would stand at you know, on, in the, in the grass below the porch and he would try to grab my legs. And every night I'd have the same dream. I'd wake up screaming. My parents would come in like, what the heck is happening? The man's back. Like it just felt so real. It was so scary. So my parents did some research about like who lived in the house prior, like, you know, just trying to like figure out why the heck I was having this reoccurring dream at the age of 10 And this was not a man that was familiar to me. Like I could see him perfectly and I've never seen this guy before. So, um, 
turns out they were able to find out that um, a coal miner had uh, died in that home, just of old age, not of any um, nefarious way. But that's why he was carrying the lunch pail. And <laughs> that's why he was coming, because apparently I lived in his house. So that was what we concluded that this was why I was having the stream. I don't know if this guy was trying to deliver a message or talk to me or not really sure why I was having the stream, but it was weird as hell and it happened for about a month. And then one day I had the dream and at the end of the dream, he walked away like he normally does. And then I never had the dream again. So it's just like very spooky and never really made any sense. But the only thing I conclude is maybe he had some unfinished business in this house and then it was sold. And maybe he wanted to come and haunt the new owner a little bit, even if it was a 10 year old girl. Not me thinking it's cute how he like is trying to make contact with you. <laughs> it was really like scary as a because I I just would wake up screaming every night. I'm like, what the heck is this happening for? And it was so repetitive, like the same thing. Like he walked away the same way. He never said anything. He tried to grab my ankles. Like, I mean, it wasn't like in like a let me hug you. I mean, I would still be creepy, but like it was like I. I felt like it was like in a scary, like I'm trying to abduct you way. I think sometimes it's like, what if he had a daughter or something and he would do that to her? You know, very, very good possibility. But it was kind of like when we figured out that there was this guy that had previously lived in the house um, and we kind of like made a connection to it, they stopped. So very strange, but Kind of cool nonetheless. I have nothing like that. That was a boring ass life. <laughs> Nobody ever tried to contact me from the other side. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, had I been older, I might have just like broke out a Ouija board. No. -uh. Yeah, I might have I might have tried you it. Never. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to open any doors. That's windows, what you do. Gates nothing that's what you do when you play with one you have to do it the right way i've never played with one before i haven't either Disclose, full disclosure i stay away from i think the concept is really cool like i love the look of a ouija board i think it's like super cute i know but i would never have you seen you have not seen the movie ouija don't fuck with a ouija board it's just bad news no um the, the only thing, I mean, it's not the same at all, but it'll, every time I think of a Ouija board, I always think about like Jumanji, like the game <laughs> and like how they would like open up the game and like all this crazy stuff would happen. That's like what in my brain I always thought would happen with a Ouija board. Like if I like, started something like all this chaos would just like break out and like pure craziness and um, no, thank you. I think I'll pass on it. Well, your spooky ghost story kind of leads right in to today's episode. Today's not a typical episode. It's not a crime. The next one is. But I feel like you need to know a little bit about these two people in order to understand this case a little bit better. And plus, I just love to talk all things spooky, and it's the perfect time to do it. It's December. I'm setting the vibes. It's October. And Lindsay knows nothing about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes, I don't. 
This is news to me. I've never heard of these individuals. I know nothing about it. So I'm actually really excited to hear what has Kayla so interested and intrigued. So Ed Warren, he was born on September 7th of 1926 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So, so they're a little old. They're both dead now, by the way. Right. And Lorraine, she was born in Jan- on January 31st of 1927. Yes, they could stack technically. They could technically. <laughs> they could technically still be alive, but they would be very old. Quite old. It'd be over 100 years, right? No, under 100 years. It'd be like 95, 96. Yeah. Not out of the realm of possibility, but So Ed's interest in hauntings and all things spooky, it started in a young age when he thought the house he grew up in was haunted. (laughs) (laughs) And Lorraine, um, she saw auras around people when she was a young age. And later in life, she found out that she was clairvoyant and she didn't realize that people couldn't see the things that she saw. And I believe she was six or seven. She said the first time she's ever seen this. Jeez, that's crazy. When you say like auras, do you mean like, what are you, what are you referring to? So it's kind of like when you see like a ghosty figure. Okay. Like that kind of like. Have you ever seen, I don't know if this is like the same thing, but like, have you ever like looked at a picture and there'll be like little like orbs? I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know what they're called. It's called an orb. I watch a lot of ghost adventures. That's what I was thinking you were talking about, but yeah. Okay. It just said aura. So we're not sure. She probably saw a lot of crazy things, but their ghost hunting adventures really didn't start yet. Ed went into the Navy when he was 17 and he had a near death experience. He was on a ship and something caught fire and the ship pretty much almost blew up. And, but luckily he made it. He jumped into the water. So he was good. And he came back and that's when he asked Lorraine to marry him. And they got married. And then a year later, they had their daughter, Judy. And this was in 1945. They got married. Okay. It seems like so long ago. Yeah. Well, it was about 70 so years ago. And at the beginning of their investigations, what they would do is they would look into homes that they felt were haunted. If they had a creepy history, if people said they saw things, heard things, they would look into these houses. And Ed was actually a very good artist. So what he would do is they would drive to the house. Ed would paint a picture of the house. And since it's weird to go up to people and be like, hey, we think your shit's haunted. Can we like come in? Instead, Lorraine would go up and she'd say, hey, so my husband drew this beautiful picture of your home. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about your home and like basically the history of it? And that's how they get people to open up about the history of the houses and how they kind of let them in. Okay, that's cool. So that's innovative. (laughs) That's how they got started. So they were like kind of shysting, honestly. Well, I mean, honestly, if somebody came up to you, knocked on your door and was like, hey, like, I think your your house is haunted. You're probably not going to be interested in hearing about it. But <laughs> if they're like, like, get out. Hey, I painted this beautiful portrait of your home. Mm-hmm. Like, can you tell me about the history of it? Then you're probably going to be a little more successful wanting to 
at least have a conversation about it. It still would, I think it still would be kind of weird though. And this is like in the 40s and 50s. So I feel like it's not as weird. Right. Because people actually had conversation and we weren't scared of people coming to our doors. Right. No, they weren't living that millennial lifestyle. Mm-mm. And Ed, he was a self-proclaimed demonologist. Mm. And Lorraine, like we said earlier, she was clairvoyant and she was also a light, a light trance medium. And she was tested for this by... It was some department of psychology. Like she underwent testing and they said, yeah, she, she can see things. Wow. Okay. But I love how Ed is self-proclaimed. Right. Yeah. And it's also important to note that they are very religious people. They're Roman Catholic. Okay. So they are like devout Christians. Yeah. That is important to note. I feel. And a lot of times in their work, they said that the reason why entities are attracted to people is because of their lack of, and it's weird. And I, I don't know how they first met, but how do you spark up the conversation? Like, Hey, I think my house was haunted. And then she's like, Hey, I'm clairvoyant. Hey, you're good at art. You should paint that house. (laughs) We should look into this spooky shit. Like, I don't know how it happened. It just kind of came about yeah that is uh quite interesting it's always like we've had this conversation before about how like people like team up to like murder someone like how do you even have that conversation like oh you know you want to want to do this and the person's like actually yeah i was thinking the same thing like (laughs) i mean it's just so odd of how you know people come across that they have like a common interest like that to do some weird shit so i feel like i learned about the warrens how a lot of people learned about the warrens it was through movies and hearing about these crazy investigations that they did their most notable one. It was at a place called Lindley Street. And Lindley Street, this house that's there, it is known as one of the most haunted houses like in the world. Where's it at? Oh, it's in Bridgeport, Connecticut. All right. So it was local. It was right in their backyard. Yeah. And this was the one that it gave them the media presence that they have now. There was reporters waiting outside the house. They were constantly there throughout the entire investigation of the house it just looks like a normal house it's just like a little white house screen door front steps fenced in i mean it really does look like just your average american home i mean it is smaller but it's just in the middle of connecticut this small town in connecticut so now we're gonna get into like they're really really famous ones okay so the first one, it was in 19, 1968, and a nursing student, she was gifted a Raggedy Ann doll. Okay. You know the Raggedy Ann dolls? Absolutely. And she and her roommate, they claimed that this doll was possessed. <laughs> Weird shit happened as soon as they brought this doll in, and it was the only ever thing that changed in the home. Hmm. Do you know, like, what movie came from this? No. Well, the little girl's name was Annabelle Higgins that they think possessed this doll. It was, sorry, Annabelle. The movie Annabelle. It's part of the Conjuring world. It's the doll. The doll that just sits on the chair. No, I've never seen this movie. Have you, do you know what Annabelle looks like? No. 
Oh my god, look up Annabelle. Like just the movie. I think the actual doll is a little scarier than Annabelle. That's the actual Ew. doll. That's the doll. That is just a Raggedy Ann doll. That's Raggedy Ann. But wait till you look up look up the movie Annabelle. I'm afraid to. Honestly. That's Annabelle. Ew. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they based that investigation that's what nightmares are made of it's nightmare fuel animals creepy and there's a bunch of movies on it but not all of them they're pretty loosely based on jeez that after the first one but that was one of their most famous investigations was annabelle okay and fun fact about annabelle the warrens kept annabelle they locked her in a box and they put a note on it the and raggedy and looking they, doll yeah not I, not the not annabelle they not put, the scary they movie put the doll <laughs> They put the Raggedy Ann doll in a box. It's like a clear case. And then on the front, it says, absolutely do not open. Yeah, I would say. And the Warrens ran an oculent museum. And Annabelle was on display there. Oh. And Annabelle is currently with their daughter, Judy, and their nephew. So this museum closed down and they kept all the artifacts that were in there. I hope they've never opened it. Well, if you watch one of the Annabelle movies, the third one, they do open it. So that it, shit happens. Is it like based on like real events? Mm-hmm. Like the third movie when they open it? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like you can go down a whole rabbit hole on this. I say the first one is the one that's the most factually correct. Obviously they... They make it a little bit more dramatized than what it is to make a good movie, but it's based on what happened. Okay, pause it. Um, and if you are interested in seeing the doll for yourself, there is an event called the Warren Seekers of Supernatural Paracon 2022, Saturday, October 29th, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville. It's Un- in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes, it's only $35. You can go and um, see this. It is has a lot of the stuff that was at the Warren's Museum. Um, so just a little fun tidbit there. There's just something about seeing that, like, in person that would give me, like, such bad juju. I feel like something would, like, follow me home. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just gives off bad vibes. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating, though. Do you ever wonder if, like, maybe one of your Funko Pops... Could be a little creepy. Some people think they're creepy in general. Yeah. With their little black eyes. I could see that. I could see that. I think I've got one or two that, you know, are a little weird. The next one. This was 1971. So only three years after Raggedy Ann. Yeah. So they are making headway. Oh, you'll see. Like, it's just year after year. It's just like bombshell case, bombshell case. So this was with the Perrin family. They were haunted by a witch from the 19th century. And everything that happened to this family inspired the movie The Conjuring. Okay. So this was like the big hit. Okay. I have heard of this movie. 
it was just this little family. They moved into this house. Shit went down. Okay. Is this the one with the two little, the twins, the girls? That's The Shining. Oh. <laughs> edit that out, please. Just Embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. I know. I know. Okay. Just please edit that out. <laughs> 1975. So this was four years after the Perrin family. Another family called the Lutz family, they were terrorized by a demonic presence in their home. And the, their home was in New York. Okay. And everything that happened here inspired the Amityville horror. Okay. Which that movie is great. Ryan Reynolds is in the remake. It's so good. Maybe I'll watch it. Who knows? I will say all of these investigations they do, it's all demonic, basically demonic presences. Um, there's some exorcisms involved. Well, listen, I'm telling you, I still can't get over the exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> no, I would watch The Exorcist over that any freaking day. That is the scariest movie ever. I remember being in like the eighth or ninth grade watching that. Oh, hell no. And I saw it in theaters. Oh, my God. <laughs> My mom had it on VHS tape. My mom literally owned that movie. I need to know when that come out to see. Because if I saw it in theaters, I want to know how old I actually Who was letting you in to see that? That shit is so scary. That movie is truly scary. Um, Apparently, my mom didn't <laughs> know <laughs> what, what she was watching. She was there. I know. She, I remember her being there. I don't know. My I, poor mom. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel like movies about, like, possession and stuff are so much scarier than, like, slasher movies and like that kind of dumb shit i was actually in my freshman year of high school what year did it come out 2005 i saw it when i was a little bit older because my mom had it for a while and i went through a phase well i I would hope that you wouldn't have been I would have been eight years old. <laughs> I know. My God. <laughs> Could you imagine? There's no coming back from that as an eight-year-old. I still think about it. And that was a good 17 years ago. And then the next one was in 1977. This also inspired The Conjuring 2. It was a family in, in England. They were terrorized by a poltergeist, which is a ghost. Okay. Spirit entity, whatever you want to call it. This one, I went so hard in on this. I love this movie with all my heart. It literally makes me freaking cry. I don't ask why. I'm very moved by this movie. Like scary cry or No, just... like, okay. So I'll just say in 19, 1986, it was the Snedeker family. They lived in a former funeral home. And everything that happened here inspired the the movie The Haunting in Connecticut. Okay, I saw that movie. About to say, you remember because the boy has cancer and then at the end he's exercised and then his cancer goes away? I literally bawled. Yeah. I is. was like, oh my God. Yeah, that, that is a lot. But it's such a good movie. And this was in the same year. It was the Smurl family. They had four spirits in their house. This inspired the movie The Haunted. There's a lot of criticism about this case because there's a book about it. And a lot of people feel that the family and the Warrens kind of really like dramatized it, what had happened in order to sell books and stuff. Uh, They said that what was in this home was called a succubus. Do you know what that is? No. It's a ghost that physically touches you 
and people in this home had said that this ghost had sexually assaulted them. So a lot of people called bullshit on that. And people, I don't know why, a lot of people get all up in arms about this case, about this investigation specifically. Yeah. Uh, so if, when you hear this, like, feel free to let us know what your thoughts are about this movie book case investigation. Because a lot of people, I feel like it's either you're fully in on it or you're just completely like, what? <laughs> like, they're not real and this and that. And I see it from both sides. I really think it's, I think it's real what they did and what these people saw. You So juicy it needs to be in part two. I'd say I skipped over the biggest one because not only was it a case of demonic possession, it also led to a murder. Okay. And if you want to hear about this case, you're going to have to check out part two of this episode. And don't worry, we're releasing them back to back so you don't even have to wait. Now, I just like to do my little chit chat just talking about the Warrens. I find them very fascinating people. And I feel like what they did was very cool, very interesting. Yeah, I agree. They actually... <laughs> This is a fun fact. They did over 10,000 investigations. Wow. And also they did test to see if it was bullshit or not. Cause people would call them and they would call BS on some things. If they could not explain like with just general information or if basically if they could not explain what was happening, then they would start their investigation. Yeah. I feel like it's yeah, really that makes to what, sense to what ghost hunters do and ghost adventures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 